This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just get, get a little bit get a little bit closer. No, no, you, you there, just move in to the left. No, no, you, you, okay, I need the taller person to come, come over here, um, and, and you need to kneel in the front. Anyone had that experience? I said, we, we, all, we all share this. It's, it's that moment of getting the picture just right. Uh, I have really big memories in my life, not of the actual picture, but of getting the, of getting, uh, the picture. Uh, probably one of my favorites is, uh, as kids, we were on an aircraft carrier that was a museum, Great words, my father said. Just a little bit further back. <laughs> my brother and I said, Dad, there is no more boat. This is an aircraft carrier deck. Uh, but just the reminder of what it is to set up a picture. And I want you to have that in your mind as we look into the scriptures to realize that God isn't looking just for the photo op. See, as we go this morning to the scriptures, I want you to realize God isn't just looking for a picture of you doing good for a moment. We live now in a, in a culture that is so engaged in split-second images. We live in a selfie world where we can just take a picture of what we're doing at that moment and then people judge our entire current existence based on an image. Wow, that's really neat that you were helping that person. Well, at least I got the selfie to show it. Uh, Remember that God's looking not just for you in a picture, he's looking for you in a life. And a picture is different than a life, is it not? Uh, it, there's a lot more to getting things to look right in life than it is in a picture. Though at times when you're trying to get the picture right, you might think it's easier uh, to live life right than it is to get the picture. Uh, so we're going to step into the scriptures. Go with me to Mark 1. So we're going to go into that text. We see, again, the start of the gospel here. And we get a glimpse of Jesus living life. So Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 29 to 31. And immediately he left the synagogue. He entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. Most of us have pictures of Jesus in a manger. We have pictures uh, of Jesus on a cross. But do we have pictures of Jesus living daily life as well? I hope, I hope that at the end of today you will. Because there's so much more to learn about Jesus, not just in the bookends of beginning of life end, but how he went about living on earth that tells us how we might, as members of the body of Christ, live ourselves. So a few things come to mind. This humanizing image of Jesus gathering with people. I don't know if as you read it, you thought through it, but just look at it again. He visits the home of Simon's mother-in-law. I mean, there could be a thousand jokes there, right? I mean, we could all kind of lay them out, but what's he saying? Family matters. When you're in a family, or they're your friends, or they're someone else's friends, it actually matters. Sometimes the gruff joking and others, just leave them at times and just celebrate he's caring for a person who is in need. I know sometimes we use humor to, you know, exhaust like, you know, tense moments or, or stress or others. Just say, you know, what do I say about But there he is. He's at Simon's mother-in-law's house, visits with her, and he, did you catch this? He touches her. 
the power of human touch. We miss that at times. We miss that just being around someone has an ability to change them. Uh, Modern science is doing wonderful things in medical advancements. We've learned how to sterilize things and keep things going forward. But if you've ever been in the hospital, one of the most comforting things when you are actually conscious again is when someone actually holds your hand. Just to know, I get the bells and the whistles and the beeps are all helping me. But I also really need to know that if I get out of this, that there are people who are going to still talk to me, love me, and hold me. Because uh, all the beeping and the bells and the living won't matter if I have no one to live with or to live for, uh, to see how this is moving. So you've got Jesus in this humanizing moment where he's set there, and what follows then is really intriguing. Did you notice that after she's healed, there is no advice to stay in bed? I don't know if you ever noticed that before. There's no, hey, okay, you're healed, take about four weeks and just relax. Now, I get modern medical, there's reasons why we do that, but you need to understand that the healing that took place here isn't a modern medical healing. All right, now that you're healed, what's she do? Boom, she's right back to serving others. This tells you about what Jesus is up to. Go out and live and serve. God did not make us to be lazy. He did not intend you to be lazy. I realize lazy boy may want you to do that. I realize that you know, some of the, that may be something they want you to do. Today is a great lazy day, right? We should just sit back and watch the game. That, that's fine, but it also doesn't mean that you should never serve someone because God made us to care for others. God's power is given to us not to slouch, but to actually move back into action. God's power actually says, I want you to go out and help others. I want you to go and respond to the fact that I've loved you first. The gospel actually changes her. Look at verse 32 to 34. We continue in that text. And then we see how things unfold the rest of the day. So that same day, among the disciples and followers of Jesus, that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And the whole city gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases, cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. So he's gathering together. He is healing people. But did you catch that really important detail? The whole city. Why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, we love free stuff. We love instantaneous healing. We love not having to pay for it. There was no exchange of money. This was just God-loving people. I know some are coming in faith, but let me just suggest, if Jordan Lutheran Church gave out free cars, you would not find a seat easily. (laughs) You laugh because you know it's true. The whole city's moved because this guy, Jesus, is changing everything. In the morning, no one thought that there was healing that was possible. It just wasn't going to happen. Then they heard about Simon's mother-in-law, and they're like, and she did what next? Like, it's one thing to say, Jesus came and the fever broke, right? Like, okay. So he must have known how to do something, good timing, or had the right ointment, something. She, so she got up, and then she was helping others. Everyone else who had a relative, a concern, or some other piece is like, let's go. It's time. Get in the... Get in the camel, get, I don't, get in line, yeah. Uh, so there they went. 
And I know you have weird images of like, how did they get there? Please, you're losing the point. Come back with me. Come back to the text. But the whole city is gathered, and the focus uh, that Jesus has is he doesn't want his notoriety to become too big. Because any miracle or any healing that Jesus has is only to show his power so that people would recognize his abilities, not to get them wrapped up. This is why, what does he say to the demons who know exactly who he is? Please zip your lips. Don't go telling people too much. He knows who he is. They know who he is, but that's, he didn't actually come for the healings. But sometimes we get real wrapped up in the healings. It's wonderful he did. He heals many people. But there are also other people that he doesn't what? That he doesn't heal. He doesn't actually leave his human existence here and every disease and illness is fixed. He has brought an ultimate solution to all disease, to all illness, and is dying on the cross. But there is illness that still remains. Why? Because that wasn't Jesus' primary focus. Instead, his goal is much larger. And he sets it in his pattern for us. Move to verse 35. We walk through this text in Mark 1. The goal is larger. Rising early in the morning, while it's still dark, my son has a, a, a phrase he uses every morning. Is it morning time? And if, and if there isn't sunlight out, it's not morning time. I mean, it, it could be like 5.59. It could be like we all know, like we are right there. But if there's no sun, there's no morning time. So if there's no morning time, you, you should just be asleep. That's what you do. Not that he always sleeps when it's nighttime. That's a, whole, that's a whole nother discussion. But as you sit here early in the morning while it's still dark, while it's not morning time, He departs, goes out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. See, not only is Jesus healing through the power, he's also using his power to remind us that communication to God the Father, that us actually speaking to God is vitally important to who we are. That there are some healings that may not take place because it's important that we be healed regularly by staying in touch with God who made us, with God who is there for us. Jesus is setting patterns for us. He doesn't ask you as a Christian to do anything that he has not already done. This is a joy of walking in the footsteps of God the Father, who sent us a son, who guides us by the Spirit. He knows human living. He did it. He lived every part of that. The communication is not lost on him. Reverend Martin Luther, when he wrote his small catechism, an instruction that was meant for households to use, that they might actually pick up, it's only about 20 pages in length. And it's short. And when I say 20 pages, I mean 20 small pages that you could actually have access to it. He wrote this speaking about Jesus in the Apostles' Creed. You may recall the Apostles' Creed is divided into three sections. One talks about God the Father. One talks about Jesus Christ his Son. And another about the Holy Spirit. So speaking about that second part, Pastor Luther had this to share. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ, then he moves forward in his explanation and says, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom. That I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom. That's what Jesus came for. He didn't come for the photo op. Jesus wasn't really worried about the photo op. He came that we might actually be able to be his own. That's a totally different thing. You can have lots of pictures of your family, but if your family never loved you, the pictures mean what? They mean nothing. 
You can have a picture of a family that didn't love you, and I'm pretty certain you won't display it all that long after the person who took it is no longer there to force you to have it up. But Jesus comes so that you might be his own, that you would be in his family, and that you would live under him in his kingdom, that you would actually live under his roof and move things forward. You ever have like one of those banner days? Whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult, just like everything went smoothly, it's because you were working under a system. And whether or not you like the fact that this, like it just all was smooth. Everyone did their part. God is desiring this world to function in a way that everything would go smoothly. It's what he said in Genesis 1.31. He created and said it was very good. It was a world filled with order, not chaos. Chaos isn't God's plan. God's plan is to renew order and to draw things back, that I may be his own. But remember, we're not in charge. God the Father sets that. To live under him in his kingdom means there's someone (laughs) over. (laughs) If you live under, that means someone is over. Someone's actually setting the rules for you, which isn't really a bad thing, is it, if you think about it? You ever have a young child look at you and they say, I just want to be an adult? And you look back at them and say what? (laughs) It's awesome. 17 different answers that all came out roughly to say, don't rush it. Stay. Be a child. It's all taken care of for you. You'll learn. Because you were that child once, weren't you? I know I was. I just want to be able to drive. I just want to be able to stay home without my parents. I just want to be able to watch a movie by myself. I just want to be able to read a book. I just want to be able to write my name. I just want to be able to tie my shoes. Everyone else in my class can. I can do Velcro, but I can't pull off laces. Is it the bunny rabbit? Does he go in the hole, out of the hole? I don't know. We just chase after these things and forget what the ultimate goal is for us. But this morning, we see in God's leading, he has the power. Power that he demonstrates when he heals those who are ill. Power that he demonstrates when demons are cast out. And power that he demonstrates when he tells the demons you can't talk. I mean, that's a lot going on. Not just to heal, but to cast out demons and then tell them, oh, you know what? Maybe we'll be a little harsh. I'll just shut up. I mean, think about that. You have a God who can tell them not only to stop what they're doing, but they can't start something else. God plays for keeps. He's not looking for a photo shoot. He's not looking for a photo op to say, uh, here we are. God doesn't want you just to take a picture and say, oh, I went to church on Sunday morning, so my week is done with the Lord. I did it. I got my photo op. I even checked in. I used an app called Foursquare, and I checked in at Jordan Lutheran Church. So people could check and see, I checked in, so I'm good. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's real. You actually can do it, and you really could check in at Jordan Lutheran Church. (laughs) Don't ask why. (laughs) If you have to ask why, it's really just, uh, it's the world that we live in. It's funny. It's a world that God helps to synthesize and share with us how we live in it, though. And that's what we're after this morning. We're after a God who wants to see what happens to us Sunday through Sunday. That the entire week is something that he has. Jesus came to teach and to preach to us to say, I'm playing for keeps. I want to see all of you. Verse 36 to 39 unfold for us. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. 
So they go out searching after Jesus, and they found him and said to him, everyone's looking for you. Isn't this great? As if Jesus lost himself. Everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns. Anyone remember what they're actually looking for? Get back and help us, because the whole city's there. This is the exact opposite response of what the crowds want. Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. He came to preach the good news that in Jesus Christ our hope is found. That in Messiah, in the promise, the anointed one, they may not know him yet fully as Jesus, the man speaking to him, but he wants to say this thing called God's promise that they've known from Genesis all the way forward, that there would be one who would come, that there would be a deliverer, He wants them to realize, I am he. I am the one standing before you. That the world is changing. But most of them are left on the sideline going, yeah, but (laughs) I could use help with my leg. And, And my elbow could use a little elbow grease in the shoulder. And my heart's still torn up from what happened to my brother who died too young. I need you to explain away why it is that I lost my spouse. And if you could, I've heard rumors that other people may be rising. So could you do that for my relative as well? But Jesus says, no, the power is actually something different. I want to preach. Most people outside the church would say the church's greatest thing is helping other people. Interesting, is it not? The greatest thing that we actually hear that Jesus says the church is about is preaching. That this message of Jesus Christ is the most important thing that we have. We reflect that in our actions. We reflect in what we do. It is marvelous. We should never reduce what we're doing. And I pray the day that Jordan cares for more people, is able to help and touch people and hold them in their hands. But if we ever miss out that preaching is a primary function, that telling people that Jesus Christ is the power of God incarnate on earth, well, then let's just bag it up and walk away. Because if we've missed out on that, We've missed out on why we're even doing those things. The text moves forward, and he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. That's why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. See, he goes, he doesn't stop his helping. He just goes to make sure that in his helping, he's very clear what he's actually helping them with. He's helping to remove from them demons and burdens and struggles and challenges that are closing their eyes and their ears and their minds to the work of Christ. That he is setting them free that they might actually see life moving forward. And he wants to preach the gospel in such a way that St. Paul would say this in 1 Corinthians 9.16. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. See, the gospel isn't about what I do. The gospel is about what has been done for me. Jesus' gospel isn't go forth and serve others. Jesus' gospel is you have been served. You have been saved. You have been picked up. The hand has come down to you. The Lord has found you. The Lord sought you out. The Holy Spirit came upon you. Peter said to Dorcas, Tabitha, arise. Words were spoken to her. She received the Spirit. She received healing from the Lord. May that be of us as well, because pure gospel teaching is just that. It's good news. If the good news is shared with you and it comes with a laundry list of stuff you have to do, guess what? It's not good news. Here's your assignment for commercials this afternoon, if you watch some. If a commercial is so good that it has, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 seconds of really, really fast disclaimers, I'm not saying the product isn't good, but it just has some what? It's got some baggage. 
I don't make medicine, but some of those commercials just really disturb me. (laughs) This may fix your problem. If you take this medicine, you may lose your legs, arms, head, ears, mouth. You may not be able to taste anything, talk to people, or recognize neighbors. You're like, (laughs) what? And then, then my favorite. And if you call, you may get a coupon so it's free. I'm like, whoa, 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 why do I even want it if it's going to do all these terrible things? The good news of Christ is it's for you. There is no cost. And the price is already paid. It tells you something about how bad we are in need of help that people run from the church and the actual pure gospel. But people chase after churches serving them. They chase after people helping them. They chase after guess what else? They did the same thing with Jesus. They just wanted Jesus to help their physical need, and they refused to allow him to actually do the one thing he came for, which is what? Fix a spiritual need that is so prevalent in our hearts that we will make anything else in our life more important so we don't have to address that, because that hole is so real. It is so present in our life. I'd rather not talk about it and just tell you my finger hurts. I'd rather tell you I have an earache than to tell you this morning I can't bear living because this challenge in my spiritual life, there's a hole and I don't quite know what it is. Yeah, that's called hunger. Hunger for something that God alone can satisfy. He satisfies the hungry heart. Living then, as Luther said, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom is a change. May the Lord actually say of us that we are being lifted up by him, fed at his table so that we would walk forward. Verse 26 and 27, the closing verses of Paul's reading for us this morning. I do not run aimlessly. Some of you are like, I just don't run. Okay, I get it. (laughs) Go with me here. Paul's talking not just about it. He's talking about athletes and running. He says, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. He's illustrating for us to be cautious about what we are doing, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control. That takes daily effort. It does. We can get pulled in so many different directions in different ways, but the Lord's disciplining us. Left after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. God's given us all that we have in Christ. You have new life today. It's yours. Do you know when your eternity began? The moment the Spirit grabbed a hold of you. You don't have to wait for your physical death to die. When someone says, oh, now they've they've begun their eternal life. No, you already started that. You have it right now. But there will be this passing. God's giving it to you, but may you not be disqualified. Isn't that interesting how Paul uses that language to be disqualified? That you would substitute in God's promise for a lie. That you'd trade it in for, well, I have to do lots of stuff to keep up my God points. No, you just have to stop saying that it's about stuff and start telling people it is fully about Christ and making him known as he has made himself known to you in baptism, as he has made himself known in the Lord's Supper, and as he spoke to us today, by the scriptures. May the power of God that casts out demons, may the power of God that keeps them quiet and at bay, and may the power of God that renews our hearts and minds strengthen you in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.